You're listening to TV Tangents, a retro TV podcast. Natalie, welcome back to the second half of our Adams Family episode. Hi, Rebecca. I'm so excited that we uh, we had so much to say. We had to make it a two-parter. Well, it's getting to be Halloween, so yes. it's time to talk about stuff like the Adams Family. Yes. Which we talked about last week, about episodes we loved, yada, yada. So this week we're going to talk about the cast of the Adams Family, and you said your favorite is Morticia. Yes. How would you like? How would you rate like your top five Adamses? Mm, Adams people. Oh my goodness! They don't have to be named Adams. They have to be named Adams. They can be anybody. Um. Well, I do love. Yeah. Like I love Morticia. So yeah, she is like my number one. She's just so very cool. I'd have to say, too, that I just, I love Wednesday and how she is. Like, she's so cute. And I feel like she always talks she's like this. So like, she's so very proper. <laughs> and she's probably like a six-year-old actress at the time. Mm-hmm. So she was trying she was to, yeah. be, you know, make her lines correctly. So Do you know kids who talk like that, though? Because I do. And they kind of freak you out a little yeah, bit. Yeah, a little bit. Sometimes. It's like but it's trying. adorable. Yeah, it is adorable. She's super cute on this Um series very very cute um i love i never realized how fun actually gomez is and how much i like gomez great until i rewatched it because (laughs) he does just say some fun stuff and he's just he's he's just very like oh whoa well this and then he's he's so happy about everything he's like everything excites him yes it's hilarious He, he definitely is definitely is um it's hard for me to pick i mean everybody's great lurch is just Lurch. Um, I mean, I've been called Lurch in my life, so we'll just say that. But like, I, you know, Lurch doesn't really ever talk, and he's kind. I mean, he has very little talk, uh-huh. and, and I always grunt. thought he didn't talk at all I until so. I started watching it this time. Right, and I always knew he said "you rang," so I guess well, I knew yeah. that. But otherwise, he's always like, "Oh, yeah." But he does. I mean, he has a lot of lines in the show does. that I didn't realize before. And um, there's an episode where Mama Lurch shows up, and they reverse okay. roles. I don't know if you saw I that. Didn't we can talk that about one. that sometime too. But he. They're like, oh, well, let's make her think that her son's great. So they become the servants and he becomes the guy. Oh, gosh, like, I should the best of the house. I know there's some that I still need to watch because I was looking at the synopses and I was like, yeah. gosh, I have to watch that one. There were some good ones. Um, I, I always forget about Grandmama, but mm, um, she's, she's kind of cool, too. She's she's in there. And Pugs, you know, it's every everybody thing, you know, doesn't have any lines. I love the way Thing talks. Not Thing. <laughs> Cousin It talks. Okay, and the way I'm like, Thing, thing doesn't talk, And the way sweetie. Thing reacts, is yes. what I was going to say. Um, which we talked about in the last episode. So, I don't know. It's I can't even, like, they're all, they're all fun to me. Mm-hmm. So And, of course, Uncle Fester, which <laughs> he's, he's an interesting kook. Oh, so, Uncle yeah. Fester. I don't know. They're all just... They're all just good. Right on. <laughs> yeah, I agree that Gomez has a lot more to him than I thought when I was just passively watching oh, it yeah. as a kid. He's, like, got this enthusiasm that only a guy with, like, way too much money mm-hmm. and nothing to do would have. Mm-hmm. He's happy about everything all the time. And he is insanely in love with oh, Morticia. My and I love how early on it wasn't as crazy, but if she speaks any kind of French... <laughs> He just, he gets, oh, Morticia, that French, it makes my blood boil. And then he starts just kissing her arm. 
Which I always thought was, like, really saucy when Mm -hmm. I was a kid. I was like, oh, my goodness. Um, When they met, in the episode where they met, she says something in French, and he's like, I don't know what's happening. Yeah. But something inside of me, I just... He's like, my nasal passages have never been (laughs) cleared before. That's right, because they start off saying that he's he's been stuffed up, like, his whole life, and he's, like, trying to vaporize and everything, and then he meets her, and he's like, I can breathe now. Yeah, they are so so good. I don't think they ever actually kissed on the show. When you know, I watched all these episodes, I was like, because there was one time he right. tried to kiss her, and then she goes, oh, wait, go, like, whatever, and there's somebody around or something. And I don't think they ever actually kissed each other. You know what? You're right, because when when he was supposed to be courting Ophelia, mm-hmm. Morticia's sister, mm-hmm. um, she, he, they were playing hide-and-seek, and she, he supposedly caught her, although he didn't, and then she was like, oh, now you have to kiss me. And so he leans back into a bush... And then she kisses him in the bush. Right. So you don't see it. And then she's like, how was that? And he says, oh, it's very green or whatever. (laughs) So, yeah, you're right. They never do kiss. No kissing. I know. Very weird. Hmm. Also, um, just real quick about their house. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a cool house and I would absolutely love to live there. We Mm -hmm. don't see very much of it except like the dungeon and the living room and Mm -hmm. stuff. Their kitchen is freakishly normal. It is. It's just a kitchen. Yeah. I just recently saw the episode again where Ophelia is there Mm -hmm. and she's washing the dishes. And yeah, it's very kind of small and very kind of, I don't know. It's just a plain old kitchen. Mm -hmm. So that's strange. Probably because the only person who's in there is Lurch. Yeah. Right? He makes all the food, I guess. Well, sometimes. I mean, one time Morticia was making cookies and then a thing was helping her out or something. Mm. I don't know. Everybody's always washing dishes in there, and there's suds everywhere. It's yeah. It's wonderful. And that's all they do. But you're right. It really only happens in the uh, living room and the dungeon room with the bed of nails. <laughs> Great dungeon. Um, so we're going to talk about the cast today. We're going to start with our favorite, Morticia. Uh, Morticia Frump Adams. I love that. Frump. <laughs> it's played by Carolyn Jones. And Carolyn was born in 1930 in Texas. She suffered from asthma as a kid, which at the time meant that she was excluded from doing a lot of regular things. Like she couldn't go to the movies, apparently. Oh. Right? I don't know. Maybe it's dusty in the movie theater. Must be. Um, With all those big red curtains. You know, in old movie theaters. Mm, I don't know. That's true. So she would stay home and read, like, um, Hollywood magazines and stuff like that. Hmm. She was originally supposed to play Alma in the movie From Here to Eternity, Um, but she came down with pneumonia at the last minute, and the role was given to Donna Reed, who ended up winning an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress. Hmm. Um, She was in a movie that creeped me out as a kid, Um, probably creeped you out too, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Oh. She was in that movie, but of course... She's not super recognizable without her wig. Oh, true. She's blonde. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. true. Um, she also guest starred on Batman in 1976 as Marsha, the Queen of Diamonds. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting name for a Queen of Diamonds. Marsha. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very weird. She appeared as Myrna Clegg on the soap opera Capital for a year, starting in 1982. Oh, wow. But at that time, she'd been diagnosed with colon cancer. 
and another actress occasionally took her place when she couldn't work. And when she was able to work, she was usually um, doing most of her scenes in a wheelchair. Hmm. She was married four times but had no children. Um, in 1953, she married her second husband, Aaron Spelling. I remember Isn't looking that, that up and seeing that. Yes. I was like, she was married to Aaron Spelling? Right? Oh, it's my so gosh. strange. And then I looked up Aaron Spelling. I was like, well, let's see how many times he was married. He's yeah. only been married twice. He was married oh. for her, to her for a very short time. Yeah. And then his huh. his wife, Tori's mom, yeah. whatever her name is, <laughs> Um. Wow. So they were married for like 11 years. Huh. And then she married her fourth husband, Peter Bailey Britton, in September of 1982. But she passed away in August of 1983. Oh. Yeah, that oh, Aaron Spelling thing really That did throw me. me. I do I remember <laughs> seeing that, too. I was like, oh, my God. John Astin played Gomez Adams. Gomez, like we said, maybe in the last episode, is a retired lawyer. Yes. Which I think he mentions once or twice. Not really sure why he's retired because he's not that old. No. And then, yeah, that does seem very strange that they, because uh, the episode where they talk about how they met, they met when they were like 22, 22. 23, and this Mm -hmm. is their 13th anniversary. So they're only 35, 36. Yeah. And he's retired. Yeah. So. He must be so rich that right. It's I know just, it's like yeah. I felt like being a lawyer for a while, and now I'm retired. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, his first film role was a small part in West Side Story in 1961. Oh, you know what? I didn't look up any pictures of young John Aston. I um just was thinking I needed to look up something about him because I was trying to remember something. Well, he was born in 1930, so in 1960. So this show started in 64, right? So he would have been... Yeah, so in 64, it was math. What is that, 34? Mm-hmm. He's just never looked young. No, he never looked young. I mean, let's <laughs> he say, he must exactly look young there. Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> I was trying to think if he... Because um, wasn't he on Night Court? I think he was. I'm pretty sure he was. That's He's what I was just... on I, a lot oh, of tons stuff. of stuff, yeah. I was just um, thinking about that. He guest starred in shows also through the 60s before he was on The Addams Family. Um, He was on uh, one episode of Dennis the Menace. He guested on the Donna Reed show. Most recently, he's been a professor and director of theater arts at John Hopkins University. Oh, wow. Um, He has five sons. Two with his second wife, Patty Duke. Mm-hmm. His son, Sean Astin, of Encino Man fame. <laughs> I will always say Sean Astin of Encino, Encino Man, Man, no matter fame. what you say to me. <laughs> Love it. He's also, I guess, in Lord of the Rings, which I've never seen, yeah. and Stranger Things, which I have seen all of. I have not seen any of, but I came home one night, and Angie and her son were watching <laughs> an episode, and I go, oh, that's Sean Astin, huh? <laughs> And she's like, who? And she goes, no, she oh. Didn't. And then she looks and she goes, oh, maybe it is. And then she was like looking it up and she Googled like his character name. She goes, oh, yeah, played by Sean S. And I said, oh, I kind of told you that. Was like, that but, was pretty- but was she like, yeah, because he was in Lord of the Rings? No, <laughs> no. I don't even know if she would have just known him by name. So I was like, yeah, that's him. Well, she's. Oh, oh he was on Night Court. Uh, Sean Aston was um, Patty Duke's son from her first marriage. Yes. Um, but was. Adopted by John Aston, which I knew as like when I was a kid, my mom told me 
who his sons were mm-hmm. when when Sean Astin was on something. So I probably was in high school or something. And I always wondered why he and Mackenzie didn't look anything alike. His yeah. brother Mackenzie. But now I know. Um, his other son with Patty, uh, Mackenzie Austin, was an actor who was way more well-known in the 80s than Sean was. Mostly because he was on The Facts of Life. Yes. And uh, John Aston and Patty Duke divorced in the 80s, and he married his third wife in 1989. And he is now 89 years old. I can't believe it. I, I just assumed, actually, that... He, Me like, too. Isn't that so sad? You're watching... It's horrible. And I guess watching the Adams Family again, it's in black and white. It throws my Which brain off. Which means it's a thousand years old. Exactly. So I'm like, oh my God, this is so a long time ago, and everyone has passed away. And I'm just... <laughs> I mean, I just... That's the first thing, other than yeah. the kids, I didn't sure. think. But I was like, oh my God. And then I saw that mm-hmm. he's 89. I'm like, yeah. oh, wow. Still going. And he's still... I guess he's still teaching. I don't know. That's awesome. But also... I think we mentioned this in the Munsters episode that part of the reason that the Munsters and Adam's family went off the air was because color was it was starting to get more affordable for um, yeah. the studios. So they wanted to do things in color. Um, and it was really expensive to to film in color. And I I think the the lure of those shows being in black and white, yeah, really. Makes a difference. I think it's mm-hmm. like in color. I'm not sure it would be quite as impactful as like who they yeah. are as people and what it they're trying the to accomplish. Yeah, of the show. And I loved in one episode in their anniversary episode, um, Gomez buys her a negligee mm-hmm. and she holds it up and she's like, "Oh, it's my favorite color." Black because we don't know we can't see it right because I was like well that was weird that she said that we know that's her favorite yeah. you know whatever but then you're right it's like oh that's right we don't because know what color it's it is not in color that's my favorite color too by the way me too um so Ted Cassidy played the butler Lurch and if you have a mansion you have a butler exactly. naturally um he was six nine like you said he was born in Pittsburgh in 1932. I didn't actually, other than um, reading a little bit about him, and I didn't realize, you know, again, I always look to see what people, if people are still around. Yeah. And he died at like, what, 48? 46. Or, oh my gosh, very 46. Young. But it's because he had a, a benign tumor removed mm-hmm. from his heart, but then there were complications. Yeah. He had gone home, and then he started to have complications from the surgery itself, and the, he went back, and then he passed away in 1978. Nine January 1979. Um, he was basically a child genius. Mm. Um, by the time he was six, he was in the third grade. Oh, wow. But can you imagine? Because he, he was probably really tall also mm-hmm. when he was six. So, so they, they just didn't even, like yeah. everybody else. They're like, yeah, it's normal. He started high school at 11. Oh, my God. <clears throat> and he was on the football and basketball teams. So he, But he was already 6'1". So, again, he's starting... High school at 11, but he's taller than everyone else in the school. He graduated from West Virginia Wesleyan College with a degree in speech and drama and became a DJ in Dallas. Mm. From there, he was one of the first radio reporters to interview eyewitnesses of the John Kennedy assassination. Oh, my goodness. That's interesting. And like I said, he passed away at 46. I saw he, I read that he was on Star Trek and I Dream of Jeannie. Mm-hmm. I just kind of read that in passing for some stuff yeah, that he, he had done. He, he played a lot roles. of similar roles and a lot of like sci-fi 
roles. I remember seeing a picture of him just on the Google where I he was looked mm-hmm. like he was in some kind of like Tarzan gear. So yeah. I don't know what that yeah. was part of, but uh, he he was always I'm sure he was part the of the guy who was a tall monster right. or something. I'm sure. That's yeah. why wouldn't you be? Um Grandma Ma was played by Blossom Rock. That's who an has amazing the name. name. <laughs> I know. That's an amazing name. Well, it wasn't her real name. Her real name was Edith Marie Blossom McDonald. Oh. Um, and she was born in 1895. Oh my goodness! In Philly, the 1895. Adam, 1895. So she was like 70 when the show started. I don't, so, I don't do 64? math. Why would you ask me to 69. do that? She was 69 when they started, yeah. oh and she gosh. doesn't even look that old. No, not at all. Even with her like crazy hair, mm-hmm. she looks like a she looks like a kind of young person who's trying to be old. old. Exactly. Yeah. Um, the Adams family was her front her final role. She didn't have a ton of roles, but this was her last one. She had a stroke in 1966, which affected her speech, and she did live to be 82. Hmm. She died in 1978. So she apparently, uh, when I'm reading some notes, I had uh, we were trying to figure that out, but she was a witch, according to who conjured up potions and spells and fortune telling yeah. yeah so i guess i realized that they they did officially say that she was supposed to be a witch okay well i mean there's witches right there's real witches witches are a right thing. i'm just thinking like as we were going through trying <laughs> she to looks figure like out a witch. yeah and she, yeah she was always like she was always making there was smoky a, things there was and, an episode where she was like fortune telling and like the police came and tried yeah. to arrest her yeah. and i was like what's happening i don't know what's In going on here room, she was churning she had a butter churn at one point and mm. she was making porcupine taffy or something like that and she kept putting god. more quills into oh it my god. it was for halloween love it porcupine taffy she was a fun grandma she was <clears throat> she was gomez's mother took me a while to figure that one out because i wasn't mm-hmm. sure whose mom she was yeah I, and you don't even think about the relation in the show. It's just like, these are the people. Yeah, because everybody show. calls everyone grandmama, mama, mm-hmm. or uncle. Um, Lisa Loring played Wednesday Adams, the cutest of all the characters. Mm-hmm. So adorable. Um, she was only five when she got the role and she couldn't read. Oh. So her parent or guardian or whoever would just read the lines to her and she would memorize them. Oh, wow. Um, she's been married four times and has two children. And her first marriage and first child were in 1973 when she was 16. Oh, my oh, goodness. goodness. Um, after the Adams family, she was on a sitcom called The Pruitts of Southampton. Then she was on the soap opera Search for Tomorrow. Mm. And then As the World Turns as Cricket Montgomery in the early 80s. She was also in the film's Blood Frenzy in 87 and Iced in 88. Ooh. It's so funny to see characters from... Susan Olsen is another Uh example of kids who were really small when they started. Very young and very cute. And then to see them as an adult, it just doesn't match usually for me. I'm always like, oh my gosh, this person doesn't look anything like that. Pugsley was played by Ken Weatherwax. And he was born in L.A. in 1955. Pretty much everyone in his family was in show business in some way. Oh. Um, he got his start in the early 60s as a boy named Chester in Gleam toothpaste commercials with Alice Pierce, who played the first Gladys Kravitz. Oh, interesting. Not crazy. Gladys. He had multiple environmental allergies, um, hmm. including certain fabrics. So his mom 
had to approve every outfit that he wore on the Adams family so he wouldn't have an allergic reaction. Oh, yikes. Um, after the show ended, he preferred to work mostly behind the scenes as a grip and a set builder. And he joined the army. And he had a heart attack in 2017 at 59. So that mm, wasn't that long ago. No. Did he do, am I uh, maybe making this up? He didn't do stand-up comedy, did he? I don't think so. Okay. I don't know. For some reason, I was thinking I saw something about that, but I could be totally confused. And that was someone else. So I thought I'd I felt like I saw him recently. Because you think of Pugsley, this little chubby kid Mm -hmm. and then you think he probably grew up to be this chubby guy but he didn't no i saw pictures of his like you know just a little snapshot that you can see of his face when you google people and yeah and he was a thinner guy but looked very much the same like had that same pugsley face still pugsley yeah um cousin it was played by felix silla who was an italian-born actor and he came to the U.S. in 1955 with the Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus because mm. he did like trapeze and stuff. Uh, he became a stuntman in Hollywood. He also played an Ewok in The Empire Strikes Back, which you've never seen. Truth. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no judgment, but all the judgment. No. Sorry. Hmm. Yeah. Before we get to, I did have to say that thing. Yeah. It's, it's, when I was reading a description, it does call him a disembodied, a disembodied hand hand. that appears out of boxes right. <laughs> and goes up to a whole elbow. But uh, who knows? Exactly. Does he eat? What does he do when he's just sitting in that box? I does he ever do know. anything? I, yeah, I don't think anything. It's so weird. <laughs> it's, it's a weird character. Weird. I mean, God only knows what's in there. What's in that <laughs> box? So. And all the bo- apparently the tunnels throughout the whole home. <laughs> I think we're not supposed to think that much Probably about it. Probably not. But then there's us, and we so think too much about everything. Teleports from container to container, which is hilarious. Hmm. Yeah, I think they're assuming that, whoever <laughs> wrote that. Okay, are you ready for this? Mm, I don't know. Are you ready to talk about Uncle Fester? Um, I am so ready to talk about Uncle Fester, and I do have to say before you <laughs> even start that because we've recently... In multiple episodes, talked about the Brady Bunch. Uh-huh. And so it dawned on me that I was like, oh, my God, Uncle Fester is the guy from the car accident in the Brady Bunch. The guy it's, who sued Mike? The guy who put the fake... No, Carol's Carol, driving. Sorry. Puts Carol's the trying. fake neck brace on. Shut up. And gets it. Because I'm You're like, right, you think about that guy's voice and the way he... T- I'm like... That You're is right, so was. him. And I had to look it up to make sure. And it's His, him. He plays Mr. Dugan or whatever. And That's he... so funny. Yeah, I love that because he has that fake neck brace on. And Mike yeah. throws the briefcase on the floor. Right. And, and he, and he looks. violently looks that way. And, then, and instantly they're like, oh, yeah, case is missed. <laughs> Which is awesome. So, But I'd love to hear whatever you have found okay. about the okay. amazing Uncle Fester. I'm going to tell you a bunch of things that are going to blow your oh mind. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. Are you ready for this? I'm ready for this. Have you Googled Jack... Jackie Coogan? I not not really. All right. Other than go. to look up if he was the guy on the Brady Bunch. Okay. That's he why. He was. All right. Okay. Okay. Buckle in. Buckle up. Jackie Coogan played Uncle Fester. Um, his real name is John Leslie Coogan, and he was born in L.A. in 1914. Oh. Let's remember back, you know, to our early days of Hollywood, mm-hmm. you and me. Yes. Early in our lives. Yes. In 1914, L.A. and surrounding areas were like the Wild West. There wasn't a lot there. Sure. Like, people were going out there mm-hmm. to make movies because the law, there weren't, like, a lot of laws. There weren't a lot of rules. Yeah. Uh, his parents were both vaudeville actors. And he started appearing in vaudeville and films as a baby. 
So he literally acted all through his life. His first big role was in the 1921 Charlie Chaplin film, The Kid. Have you ever seen it? I don't think so. You've seen the posters? Probably. So the tramp, like, is helping out this kid. The cute little boy in, like, a little tramp outfit. Mm. That's Jackie Coogan. Oh. Uncle Fester. He is the cutest. Interesting. Um, Charlie Chaplin discovered him in vaudeville and put him in his movie he became one of the first ever child stars he was so huge that stores even carried jackie coogan themed merchandise like figurines Mm. and stationery and peanut butter (laughs) (laughs) that was the weirdest one that is weird some jackie coogan peanut butter Mm. he did movies and stuff when he, he worked a lot when he was a kid he was a big star um when he got to be a teenager like just bad stuff started happening to him um Mm -hmm. when he was 18 his close friend was kidnapped Mm. held for ransom and murdered oh no yes um when he was 20 he survived a car crash that killed his father Mm. his best friend and two other men oh my gosh his mother remarried the family's financial advisor a year mm-hmm. after her husband's death. Jackie Coogan had earned around three or four million dollars, um, but found out that his mother and stepfather had already spent most of the money. Oh. So they had this financial advisor because their child was making millions of dollars. Yes. And then his father died and his mother married the guy who was taking care of all the money. Oh, and then he found out when he was like 21 that they had spent it all. Um, at the time, like I said, it was three or four million dollars. And according to listener Jenny's inflation calculator, that's around fifty million dollars in today's money. Wow. That he earned before he was twenty one years old. Oh my gosh. His mother, in her defense, insisted that she thought he wouldn't care about the money because he enjoyed playing in front of the camera and nobody ever promised that he would be paid. She said he was making money, it was the family's money. And in, in California law at the time, it's like a community property law. Wow. The money belongs to the family. Oh my gosh. So. It's bizarre. Right. So he took legal action against his mother and his stepfather in 1938. Um, but after legal expenses, he kept about half of the $250,000 they hadn't spent mm. of his 3 or $4 million. Um, in today's equivalent, he was left with about $2 million. Um, he was still friends with Charlie Chaplin, who ultimately loaned him money when he needed it. And this whole thing prompted California to enact the California Child Actors Bill, which is also called the Coogan Act mm. in California. Um, in 1939 to protect the earnings of underage performers. Wow. So according to this bill, um, a child's employer, not their guardian, is required to put 15% of the child's earnings into a court-administered trust fund called a Coogan account. The child can receive their earnings when they reach the age of majority. And these type of blocked trust accounts are currently required before a child performer can even get a work permit in California. Huh. So when you sign up with an agency, you have to prove that you have an account set up and they have to put the money in there. Interesting. Although I did go down a rabbit hole, like I said, and there are instances where there's no account set up. And so the money is unclaimed, but still oh. it doesn't go into the child's like 
person go into the account. Yeah. I just feel like I've heard stories in recent Mm -hmm. years where child actors are having issues Mm -hmm. with someone getting their money. So that's interesting. Yeah. Like, Hmm. I mean, all those child actors, you would you would think, yeah, this money is for the family, maybe. Mm -hmm. But not if the if the family is only putting their kid out there to make them money, then you obviously need protections. Mm hmm. From your own parents. Currently, these types of accounts are required in California, New York, New Mexico, and Louisiana. Um, It wasn't until 2000 that the courts affirmed a child's earnings belong solely to them and not their parents. Hmm. Um, The Coogan Act also regulates how many hours they can work, their time off, and their education. Um, That's all because of Uncle Fester. Wow. That's yeah. long-reaching right there. I'll tell you what. Um, Coogan was married four times and had four children. Do you know who his first wife was? I don't. Betty Grable. What? Betty Grable. They were married from uh, 1937 hmm. to 1939, and they appeared in the movie College Swing together. Wow. Which I've never seen. Me but neither. What? I kind of want to. Isn't that crazy? Mm, interesting. Um, after he, after that, he was a glider pilot in the Air Force in World War II and flew with the British Army. Um, he returned to acting and did mostly television after that. He was in poor health in 1984 and passed away from heart failure at the age of 69. And you can see his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. So this guy is way more than this kooky, weird character from this 1960s TV show. Wow. Isn't that insane? I would have never known. P.S. His grandson, Keith Coogan, played the oldest son, Brad, in Adventures in Babysitting. (gasps) And the oldest son, Kenny, in Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. He was also in all the teen magazines in the 80s. Oh, my God. Yes. That's his grandson. And actually, his I don't remember what his real last name is, but he changed his name after his grandfather passed away to his grandfather's name. That's awesome. Oh, my <sighs> gosh. Didn't know that. I told you. You're going to be blown hmm. away. Crazy. What you got? Oh. <laughs> that's my well, That's I all I got. Say, I, I didn't answer. have much else on anybody that I have. It was a wild ride. I went. Exactly. Some weird parts of the internet. <laughs> That's just crazy. I know how I know what to do if my kid gets a job in acting now. I mean, oh, I had to read all sure. kinds of stuff. So that is all I have to say on the Adams family and Lizzie and Lauren say because I'm really I digging do. the show. And yes. I have to finish out the two seasons. I think I might have to too because I've been watching and I'm only like halfway through the second season. I laughed a lot. Me too. And it's good stuff. And I just, yeah, it's another one of those where I'm like trying to watch it while I was doing something. And then I'd stop and have to go sit down and watch it because I was like, oh, right. There are some that I can watch when I'm doing something else. But this one, I need to look at the screen. Yeah, for sure. It's really good. Like I said, it's a lot like the monkeys Mm -hmm. and the way that weird things happen. And there's always people shocking people. And Mm -hmm. there's always weird looks at each other. And and surprises yeah, and just off the wall of stuff. Yeah, I really like stuff. it. This one is fun because of the way it like portrays certain things. Just I think there's one where Gomez isn't supposed to be in like a duel with a guy, and he so Uncle <laughs> Fester is trying to make it so he doesn't have to do it, and he has the sword deal or whatever, and he mm-hmm. pokes the uh, what you call it, the knight, that little knight 
chain of the armor. Suit of armor. Suit of arms. Yeah. I was like, what the hell is that called? <laughs> and uh, it like, you know, makes it all bent out of shape. And Gomez, oh, we'll still do this. I mean, he's just, seriously, he is so funny. Like, Gomez is way funnier than I remember. And so, and just, John Aston is really bendy. Yeah. Because he's always doing yoga. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I know that he's not. It's, he played a character named Buddy on Night Court. I was going to look that up, and oh I didn't God, even look it so up funny. on Google. Now that just like dawned on me that is um What's he was he on Night Court regularly? I feel like he was. I, um I know we have listeners who could tell us the answer I know. to that. But they're not here right now. Yeah, he did play Buddy. How many episodes? Um looks like Oh, it's right, because he was one who was like, but I'm feeling much better now. He always <laughs> said that on the Night Court deal. Um, oh my god, now I'm really gonna have to get into that and look that up because I remember him being on and oh my gosh, and he played buddy Aww. which was i have a bad feel i think maybe he was like he had like an intellectual disability or something i feel really? like that's why oh my gosh we have to look that up uh, at another right. time now we have to watch night court again not be on the google oh all right exactly well then we can stop talking about the adam's family because we've been talking about it for two weeks two weeks and um i want to tell you that you have to start watching you're tired yes i have to tell you that you have to start watching the bob newhart show Oh, yeah. Because I've do. been watching it, and you will laugh out I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to. And listeners, you should start watching the Bob Newhart show, too, because we're going to do an episode about it one of these <laughs> days after Natalie watches it. That's right. I've been watching it, like, when I pick my kid up on Fridays, because I have to wait for her at school so I can take her to dance class. And mm. So I've been watching it in the car, because it's another one of those where I need to have my eyes on it, because mm. it's funny. Yeah. It's super funny. I'll have to watch that one. Um, don't forget to check out our Patreon page for tons of extra content. Um, we have a couple breakdowns of some seasons of Friends on there. Mm-hmm. And if you want to support the show, but you don't want to subscribe, you can make a one-time contribution at buymeacoffee.com. Mm. That's buymeacoffee.com. Just uh, search for TV Tangents or check out the show notes for the link. And this helps us keep the podcast going by paying for hosting, updating equipment, etc. Yes. And right now our goal is to get Natalie a better stool to sit on while recording. Woohoo! <laughs> so we can be at the same eye level, yes. maybe. <laughs> I have to look on both sides of my mind. Because you're super Woo-hoo. low. Yeah, and I'm super high. I'm always high. I need the back. How about we wrap up this episode? Let's do that. If you enjoy the show, please leave a review and also subscribe so you won't miss an episode. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We love to hear from our listeners. For additional content, check us out at patreon.com slash tvtangents.